0: Trigger warnings for this episode include death and then killing slash being killed by monsters and eating monsters. Welcome to Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and this is a special episode we recorded live at WasabiCon 2020, which was a virtual convention. Um, yeah, and it's uh, an episode with Joe from Brave World Anime, who's been on the show before. Um, yeah, and hopefully you enjoy this episode. There's a couple times where we reference um, visuals. These were slides we showed on our, our presentation, but um, I, I edited it, so I think it, it will only appear when it makes sense and should be relatively easy to, uh, to picture. But thanks for listening to Amusement Sparks. Thanks for being a part of our audience. It really does mean a lot. And I just wanted to let you know about another project I'm working on. It's called Teru Academy, T-E-R-U. And this is a fictional um, series that I'm working on. And we have an Instagram going, which is um, within the context of the fiction. So basically the people who are, quote unquote, creating this Instagram account and running this account are characters from within the series. So if that sounds something crazy and and interesting to you, feel free to check it out. It's at Teru Academy, T-E-R-U Academy on Instagram. Yeah, so if you want to give that a, if you want to check that out, that would uh, mean a lot to me. And uh, yeah, one other note is to let you know that we do have a shop. Uh, you can find it on amusementsparks.com. There's a button over towards the right side, um, and it is a shop where all of our proceeds will go to a different nonprofit. It'll change every three months. What that nonprofit is. Through the end of June, it'll be supporting Black Lives Matter, and then it'll shift to something else after that. So feel free to uh, stay tuned there and on social media to see what our uh, merchandise is going to be going towards. Thanks. Enjoy the show. What's your experience with Made in Abyss? You're you're more of an expert on the series than I am. Uh,
1: Yeah, I watched the show when it first aired, so 2017, and it just immediately caught me by surprise. I didn't really have any expectations going into it, but was just blown away by that first episode and had no idea what I was going into. It was just such a great
0: experience throughout. Yeah, the way I discovered the series was from one of your panels actually in person. Um, I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but you had described it somewhat as being like a, a scarier version of some kind of like Studio Ghibli quality animation. And I was like, that sounds so cool. Like a more mature, more dark uh, Ghibli. Like that's that's me, that's my vibe. So I really wanted to uh, check it out. And I did right away. And then here we are, I don't know, two years later um, making a theme park out of it. So it's uh, different than most anime and most stories, I would say, which anyone who's seen it can you know connect with. It's a little different. It's a little darker, a little less hopeful um but yeah it's it's just kind of different than most anime right
1: yeah yeah the ghibli piece does make sense because you have these characters that have like this cute aesthetic but yeah they're put through some very dark and gruesome situations throughout the anime
0: yeah it's like it's hopeless basically like there's you know like so many stories so many shown-in stories especially are like a journey from home traveling around the world um and maybe you'll get into some scary situations um but you can always kind of return home return to safety there's like the hero's journey type thing whereas Maiden abyss is largely about going into the abyss and it's kind of a one-way ticket most of the time it's extremely dangerous um it's a, an escalation of danger too as you go through the different levels of the abyss and we'll show some slides and get into like more specifics about that, but it just makes the series so different than anything else I've ever seen. And the hero is not the chosen one. Um, The heroes are pretty much insignificant to the story. It has almost like a Lovecraftian thing where the abyss doesn't care anything about humanity and barely notices, you know, the abyss just keeps doing its thing and humans keep trying to dive in there. And, and it's kind of like, Human nature, I guess, to try to explore the unknown, um, but this is a much less hopeful version of that because the abyss is such a fantastical a fantasy version of of you know representing that you know it's it's like space exploration or exploring the ocean, but those things aren't nearly as scary as the abyss because there's so many monsters and and the curse and so much crazy stuff that happens down there. It's wild but uh this series was originally published as as like a web comic basically. Um, it's, it doesn't fit in with a lot of other manga, um, just because it is so much more dark and dire and serious. It's also unusual too, because the, the main characters are children and they're like going into like this very brutal environment. So it doesn't, it wouldn't quite fit in with like a Shonen Jump or something, which I'm a huge fan of Shonen Jump. I'm a big fan of Shonen Stories. Um, but this one is just so much different, so much darker so I think it makes sense that it started out as an online you know, web comic, um, but then was adapted into an anime, which is really cool. Um, and they've gone on to make some movies since then. There's, they've been picked up for a second season, um, which hasn't been, they don't have a date announced yet, but it's a really cool series. If you haven't checked it out, I'd recommend it for sure.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan of the anime. And then after I watched the anime, I, re- I started reading the manga. So I've mostly at the same point in the anime and the manga now, having, just watched a movie last night, the third movie I'm a little ahead on the anime now, then, so I need to read some more of the
0: manga to see where it goes and it is there's only thirteen episodes in the 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 first season which has been released, so we'll be a light on spoilers, but we do want to give a spoiler warning in case you haven't finished that. Um, the first and second movies are recaps of the first thirteen episodes, so there's not that much more new content beyond episode 13, except for the third movie, which I haven't even seen yet. So we won't go into too much detail about that stuff. Um, but luckily, kind of like the series, it's pretty linear. Like we're going into the abyss. And as we go through this design process, we'll start up here at the surface, which is this kind of ring-shaped island or circular island, I guess, Earth. Uh, with, that's the abyss right there, if you're not familiar. See how there's an abyss? That's the abyss. Uh, and so kind of like as we're going through this design process, it's going to be brainstorming, it's hypothetical. We're not actually building this theme park, it's just the ideas. It's about exploring this fandom and trying to create something out of it, basically. So, A lot of the theme parks we do on this show are kind of like live-action role-playing experiences where you get to take the role of someone in that world, right? Like in the Star Trek theme park, for example, people took the role of people on the crew of a spaceship, right? Uh, But here, most of the main characters or the most interesting characters are the cave raiders or these kind of treasure hunters, people who go down into the abyss. And Joe, I'm assuming we would want the park guests to be able to step in those shoes when they come into the park, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the most interesting aspect of the show is diving into the abyss. So I think that would definitely be a center attraction for this park.
0: It's like it's pretty clear that that town um, kind of revolves around that big hole in the middle, right? Just kind of like a lot of other shows, like let's say Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon, they're kind of all about that one thing, like their central hook to that show. This one central hook is that there's a big abyss right there. But if you look at the town, it makes sense why their way of life would be kind of centered around this amazing, humongous, mysterious geographical feature. It kind of takes over the whole town. Like those, The people have to adjust their lives to be focused on it. So I think doing this as a theme park, even just making it look like this island of Orth would be, for one, beautiful, and for two, extremely immersive. Um, cuz yeah you can just see how all the buildings and kind of the whole town has evolved on just the edge of this immense abyss so i think it'd be really cool to uh be able to just walk in that and like see what it's like
1: yeah it's a huge crater and it's there's a lot of cool shots too of it like this one too like where you can kind of just see the scale of how large the abyss actually is compared to the size of the town around it
0: yeah so I think it'd be cool to make this, you know, as a theme park. I think it'd be cool to kind of have that uh, rim as like the outer walls of the theme park. You know, you you've got a parking lot and all the boring stuff from our reality on the outside of that. But then when you come in, everything is treated as if you're actually on an island. That rim is just a ridge of mountains at the edge of you know the island, um, and you can forget about where your car is parked. Right? Uh, you can just be immersed in this world. And they're not running around using the word made in abyss all the time, because that's the name of the fiction in our reality, right? In their reality, it's just the abyss. This is just worth. This is just their life. So I think doing it in a more immersive way, um, you know, kind of like a Renaissance fair or like True Dungeon or something like that would be would be so cool. And the just living in it almost like an MMO, like a massively multiplayer online game where you see other people and they're each on their own journey. They each have their own story. I think that's kind of what would be happening here. It's not like each of us is attempting to take the role of one of the main characters from the show. Um, do you think, would there be options for like who you take the role of or are you yourself in this park, Joe?
1: I think you would probably be playing as yourself, but you might encounter the some of the other characters. Um, one thing I was thinking about with this is there's like five different like, regions that are identified so you could have technically five different entrances and then each of those entrances provides a slightly different
0: experience for the guests that is awesome i always like when there's an an option to kind of choose your your class or um, express yourself a little bit in who your character is i know most modern day theme parks aren't like that you're just a visitor to this place but the ones i think in the future are going to be much more immersive where you get to design a character almost like a role-playing game Um, and that can be done in the theme park or maybe outside the theme park you come to the park with your own backstory if you want to I think just having some more options for kind of workshopping a character would be would be really cool and really immersive Um, but in the show yeah the most people well this the show's kind of centered around an orphanage I don't know if we want to use that iconography or that story setup Um, but yeah it's kind of a, a dark world like there's not a bunch of like plucky excitable uh you know typical anime protagonists like just skipping down the street really excited to go into the abyss it's kind of a different vibe
1: yeah I think it also varies some regions have a little bit more are a little bit more well off so they have like you see in the anime too like some of the more better off parts of town so that would probably also change your experiences if you started on that side versus the side with the orphanage or the side where they make their first dive into the abyss, which is even a more rough section of town.
0: Right. And I personally would really love to enjoy just walking around Orth. Um, it's a really interesting, almost steampunk-ish town. Um, it's not exactly the right term for it, but but it's kind of between fantasy and our reality maybe. Somewhere um so it'd just be a cool place to walk around and you know get some food and it would feel much more like a safe place, much more familiar than once we actually get into the abyss where uh it's pretty alien, and a lot of times there's not much of a chance that you're gonna be getting back to your old life you're not gonna be getting back up to the top um it's very rare, I guess, depending on how far down you go that you'll be able to return um so yeah it's 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 kind of interesting that we'll be able to start out with something familiar, something that kind of feels like a theme park as you walk around this town of Orth. Um, But there's going to be kind of this looming chasm in the middle of the island that you know eventually you're probably going to want to go down into.
1: Yeah, and I was thinking along the same lines with this is you do want to have some attractions for people outside of just the abyss. I -hmm. mean, obviously the abyss would be the main focus of it, but we would still want to have just your more traditional rides and such. Um, in the part of Orth or whatever.
0: Yeah, no, that's really cool. And you could do like some roller coasters and stuff, right? I think um, with the amount of technology that they have, it's kind of a darker world, but it w- I could see them even having like a carnival or something in this town of Orth. And it'd be cool to just have park guests be able to visit that. Or like, it'd be cool to have a Ferris wheel kind of like on the edge of the abyss, just because that the visual is amazing. Um, And I don't know how we would build that if this was going to be a real theme park, because I don't know if you can actually dig that deep, right? I don't think it's possible to make the abyss a real thing. So we might need to have some kind of suspension of disbelief. (laughs) What are your thoughts on how we could do something like that, Joe?
1: Yeah, yeah. In building this, this would definitely not be something I would foresee being something we could actually build. Just... (laughs) Due to like how, and we'll go into it maybe more with some of the layers later, and how deep this actually goes. But yeah, that it did seem like a perfect topic for this particular podcast, just because of its it. You do have that suspension of disbelief. Right. Yeah, this would be a challenging build.
0: A hundred percent. So yeah, we could either treat it like it's a uh, some kind of VR type thing, or we can just not worry about it because it's hypothetical anyway. We can just pretend we actually have the pit. <laughs> But uh, is there anything in the town of Orth you'd really want to to see and be able to experience from the show?
1: Um, yeah, the most iconic things you see in there are the orphanage again, which is kind of a rough thing to have to encounter. Um, the one thing that kind of stood out to me is I thought the setup for their classes in the orphanage was interesting, how they like kind of stack them vertically. So instead of having them like I don't know why they do it that way, but it's just (laughs) something that stood out to me is that they have to climb like a rope ladder to get to their desk.
0: Yeah, their desks are all stacked on top of each other like bunk beds, but like many stories tall. It's pretty crazy. Uh, but I guess you get to use the floor space you have, but then you have to have a really high ceiling. It'd be cool though to be able to walk through the orphanage Um, and you know there's characters from the show that would be really cool to be able to kind of see as like walk around characters so to speak but the characters aren't exactly like warm and fuzzy characters that you'd want to run up to and like hug if you were a little kid you know I don't know if if this is going to be the most fun place for a kid because the tone of the series and um, it's just such a somber place there's moments of joy of course but it's not like a typical Um, starting town for an adventure where there's like, you know, upbeat music and like everyone loves their life and people are happy to overcome their challenges. It's like, it's kind of a a dark, more bleak uh, outlook (laughs) in Earth. Yeah. Yeah, So it's a little, a little different, but I do think, um, obviously at some point we're going to have to talk about the abyss and I think it might be cool to have some kind of call to action, so to speak, something to motivate you to, Go into that bit abyss because if you just see it, you're like, I'm not going down there. Like, why would anyone go down there? But uh, it could be cool to receive. Maybe like you get a letter, you get some kind of uh, character that comes up to you and it explains like a quest to you. Basically, um, it might be cool. I was thinking if if you can see a mail balloon come out from within the abyss, and like, and the letter comes to you, or you know, maybe someone catches the mail balloon and brings it over to you because there's a letter to you from someone down in there who's asking for your help um, which is kind of the similar to the main storyline of the series um, we could do something like that to give each person a reason to go down into the abyss
1: yeah I like the letter balloon like mechanic in the show it's a really cool way like you can send letters up like with information or you can also send up like artifacts which we see in some of the episodes as well yeah Um, it's so it's a really interesting mechanic and good way of getting communication because as you stated very few people actually especially at certain depths very few people actually make the return trip
0: right and that so that's the the thing about it is it's not just an abyss there's more going on there so when i first saw the show i was Thinking, why don't they just have like a helicopter or something? They can just go down there. Or why isn't there just an elevator to take you to the bottom? Um, because they're really motivated to go down there and get more of these artifacts. There's like very valuable resources and new types of technology that can be discovered that are down in the abyss. So there is kind of financial and like uh, cultural significance to exploring the abyss. You're you're finding artifacts that are really helpful to figuring out kind of. The past and also figuring out some new technology. So there's also the reason if even if you didn't get this mail balloon with help me adventurer I need your help. Um, if it's just like there's cool stuff down there, you know, like you can make some money doing this. Um, you could treat it almost more like a a job or just as a challenge to see how low down you can get um, and stay alive because it is basically a horror series. Um, it's pretty uh, pretty serious. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's it definitely i would think falls in the horror category
0: yeah but why can't we just go down there like why can't you just slide down on an elevator or something
1: (laughs) i think they have an elevator for the like from getting down from the top to the bottom to like level two i think they say but yeah there's not one elevator that can make it all the way down to the bottom of the abyss i guess it's the technology in the world doesn't exist to build it down that far i guess
0: right well and there's the curse too there's Mm -hmm. this mysterious escalating uh symptoms that happen to everyone who goes down there um which all seem pretty unpleasant and i think we'll talk about here in just a a little bit as we start getting into the actual layers um one more like hook that we could have for getting people to go down there is kind of what happens to the main character in the show she meets this robot boy reg who uh doesn't have any memories he came from within the abyss maybe that's where the show got its title i don't know um but uh <laughs> he comes from down in there and so she's really intrigued by what is this robot boy he's got like really cool abilities that he can do but he doesn't know he doesn't know much like he's pretty he he has the you know the perspective of a child basically and she's also a child but um it's just kind of interesting she's like what is he where did he come from um, and yeah, she just kind of wants to learn more. So I think there's several different ways to appeal to park guests about convincing them to go down in there, whether they have a mind for exploration, if they are like scientifically curious, if it's, uh, digging up artifacts appeals to them or helping this mysterious person who is, who's down there and alive. Um, so there's, I think several hooks we can get to have people climb on down in there. Yeah. And Um, I think a lot of this could be kind of party based, you know, if you came to the theme park with your family, let's say you have five people, you could kind of each have a different specialty, I think, kind of like in a role-playing game type of experience where one person is maybe in charge of navigating and kind of making a map as you go. You could have someone who's focused on like offense and defense, like as far as fighting, because there's monsters down there. Um, there's also kind of a crafting and cooking element that I think would be really fun and kind of connects to a certain type of person's brain, like where they're like, okay, let's find these materials. Um, let's turn them into something more useful, kind of like a game like Minecraft. Like, um, and cooking is kind of cool too. It's almost like you're camping on this really uh, horrific camping experience. But I think some of my favorite shots from the show are just like seeing them set up a little camp and like find a place where they can rest their head among all this like traumatic, scary, unknown stuff. So I think it'd be really cool to, to be able to specialize in a specific thing that you're contributing to your party. I think that's something a lot of us are kind of like craving in an experience like this.
1: Yeah, that would be a good experience for the guests. And I'm going, going into your point on the cooking. It is interesting. We'll probably talk more about it later, but it does seem like the abyss has like at least one creature in every level that's edible to some degree so yeah that's a nice
0: convenient mechanic for the show (laughs) convenience is an interesting thing too because it seems like each of these layers is very different like each level of the abyss has evolved to be its own little microcosm ecosystem um, where the way the creatures interact is really interesting and uh yeah it, it is cool how there's something that humans can eat at each each point so yeah i think it, forming up a, a delving party and then delving on in would be kind of the main hook of the theme park and uh, I'm pretty excited to see where, where this goes it's not going to be maybe as fun as a typical theme park where it's kind of about having a fun day with with the kids and stuff because um, it's much more serious and somber like we've been saying but but I think uh, the main appeal of the park I think is to try to explore the abyss.
1: I think I see it more as like that part of least the abyss is more of like an escape room slash haunted house than a like typical like theme park with like rides and such.
0: This would be like, just in this case, trying to survive the abyss. Yeah. And it's a challenge too, seeing how far you can get. Um, you know, the, the challenge of an escape room is there's a time limit. Whereas here it's, I don't know how we're going to include like if there are time limits on certain things, but it's just how far can you get because uh, it's almost impossible to make it all the way. So it's almost like a high score type of experience. And uh, the, the creator of the the series actually worked for Konami, the video game company for 10 years before releasing the series, the manga. So it's kind of interesting that this could translate really well into a video game, um, a pretty dark video game. And one that's maybe not as fun as a lot of other games but much more immersive just because the world gets so much development you know the characters and the storyline is one thing but i think the world gets just as much attention and the the abyss itself is a hugely fascinating complex nuanced character almost you know it's it's much more complex than just a town would be
1: yeah it's i guess i haven't played this but i would think it's similar to like dark souls or something of that vein
0: right where it's really hard you die all the time um yeah yeah. and it's different when it's in a role-playing experience because you are in your own body and like what is it like when you die (laughs) you know it's like we're not going to actually kill our park guests uh every theme park we have to bring that up where every time we design one we don't get to kill the guests but um no they're going to see how far they can get before maybe the character dies i don't know how we would measure that exactly um but yeah there will be some (laughs) some ways that you won't make it to the bottom that definitely fits with this park
1: and going into the part about like descending and then ascending it's like ascending is actually much harder the further down you go
0: yeah it's i'm excited to get into this abyss because it is such a like mysterious and fantastic place it's it feels like each each level feels like a different planet almost. It's really cool. Just kind of thinking about it, like maybe we want to we have it where your character that you kind of formed as you came into the park and you found a call to action and you formed a party and now you're going in here, that character can die and then you would maybe just start back over. So it's just kind of a go back to home base. Now you're a new orphan that you're playing or a new character. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can either rejoin the same party maybe and you're basically a substitute for yourself or you could maybe form a new party it might be kind of fun to do this as like going by yourself and then you get match match made they do matchmaking uh to form a party for you and then if any of you you know dies on your journey then you start back over maybe with a new party if you want to so yeah we would have some options i think for for being flexible with that or if your character dies um, maybe you have to give up your equipment, but then you can start back over again as a new character. Yeah, that makes sense to me. If you look at the island, uh, you can see where the bottom of the ocean is, and that's only what the second layer uh, of the abyss. It just keeps going further and further down. And I love maps in fiction. Like I think it's so cool to see um, what notes people take on their on their maps and it's almost like in the uncharted series looking through nathan drake's journal i love that kind of stuff and uh, this series is pretty cool about explaining as they go through what's going on and and what's been discovered in the past and what kind of creatures are going to be on this next level Um, because each layer is totally different like they they change so drastically and they get more hazardous as you go down
1: yeah yeah it's very cool like the mythology behind it with all the different creatures and the different artifacts that have been discovered um Rico the main character is big on the history so she's a good like conduit to like kind of let the audience know what each of those things is which is something that comes up in both the tv series and the movie
0: yeah and her mother was like a a famous explorer or is we don't really know the present tense of her mom but um, there's kind of a different ranking system of people who are cave explorers or or treasure hunters do you Do you know much about the uh the whistle system, Joe, or could you tell us about that?
1: I know like yeah, there's a range of whistles, so when we start the series, Rico comes in and she's a red whistle, which is literally a
0: whistle. It's like a yeah. badge that they wear kind of around their neck and they're different colors, yeah,
1: yeah. But the one that gets the most focus in it, well, you got your black whistles later on and then you also get down to the white whistles, which Rico's mother, Liza, was a white whistle. And that's a that's kind of covered a little bit more in the movie of like what exactly is a white whistle and how do you get one?
0: Yeah, that, that was one too. Is it, is it like Pokemon badges or something where there's some authority where it's like, hey, you did this thing. Here's your your reward to show you that you're this rank or kind of like a driver's license, I guess.
1: I think they actually have like a guild that kind of gives out the whistles up to a certain point. So I think it is it is basically like a merit-based earning. But for the white whistles, there's a whole different process that you have to do to get a white whistle. And yeah, it would definitely be fall into the heavy spoiler for
0: the movie. Absolutely. But I think that is kind of a cool mechanic for motivating people to go further. And if your character dies, start back over. And uh, maybe maybe that's when you get your new whistle. It's like if you made it to level three and you come back, now you can be a blue whistle or or whatever. I'm not sure exactly how the ranking would go, but that could be a mechanic for showing that you made some progress. And then maybe you've spent your whole day at the theme park. You got to go home, but you're going to come again next summer maybe you can pick back up and you're like, I'm already a blue whistle from last year. So now let's go from there. I think it'd be kind of cool to, to be able to, to make some progress. It's not just like you start over from zero every single time, um, which that is actually how it would be in reality of this world. But it's not as fun for us. Like, I don't think we have that kind of patience <laughs> to uh, start all the way over from zero. If we're playing a Dark Souls game, you want to at least be able to keep your character, even if you might lose some stuff by dying.
1: Yeah, I would definitely, perf- as a, like, attendee, I would definitely prefer, like, having, like, a saving point, essentially, um, so that way you don't have to go back and do every single mission. Maybe you get some penalty, like you said, with, like, you might lose maybe a piece of equipment or something, but you can st- at least have, like, a continue
0: point. Yeah, I think I think that's a great idea. I think that'd be kind of kind of satisfying. And there's also little, like, other collectible type things you can do. Um, there's tons of different species like we talked about down in the abyss. And in fact, within the world, 90% of them are still undiscovered. So I think it's kind of cool if each person can kind of go through and maybe collect stamps or like do a little drawing of each of these creatures that they find. Um, I keep making comparisons to Pokemon. I must be obsessed with that series or something. But um, it'd be cool to be able to do that too as you go through. And maybe if you survive and you can bring that book to the surface, you get a big reward for that. Um, like kind of knowing where your limit is. And if you're like, you, we just barely made it through that last boss encounter, that last big creature, let's go back up to the top and kind of save our progress. I think that might be a cool mechanic because you know your your drive wants you to keep going further and further, but then you're like, if I die, I lose all my progress or I lose my, my nice book of all these creatures I've been drawing. I don't want to lose that. So I'll, maybe we'll split the party up. Someone will stay here and the rest of us will go or we'll all go back up and come back down. I think it's kind of fun to have strategic decisions you can make as a party like that. It's so immersive. Once you go down, you start, yeah, level one. This is, I think, in the first episode of the show. Is that right? Correct, yeah.
1: This is right where Rico finds, right before Rico finds Reg, and up in the corner by, like, the door here, there's, like, um, I think that's her friend Nat that she's trying to rescue from this creature.
0: And normally the creatures here aren't that dangerous. It's somewhat safe. It's a decent, like, training area, Um, but there's still some cool undiscovered stuff here. There's still some excitement and varieties. It's not just a it's not boring. It's still exciting. Um, and you can even get some, some kind of rare scary creatures that appear up here that kind of, they come up from lower levels to feed and then they go back into the depths. So, you know, it's kind of like seeing a shark near the shore or something like it's really exciting. It doesn't happen that often. And it's also absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, level, the first layer here goes from the surface to 1350 meters. Um, so yeah, this is just the opening layer, the beginning part, and it's not not that crazy, but still much more dangerous than being up on the surface back and north.
1: Yeah, the monster here is like a crimson spit jaw, and that's actually from something like level three, I think. I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The creatures one. are so
0: cool in this series. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing the way that they move is so alien, and, like, it really, it's amazing what they can do. Like, especially if you are into the creatures from, like, Avatar, the, the James Cameron film. These creatures are so much spookier and so much, they're so well realized. Like they feel real and they also feel completely alien at the same time. It's, it's fascinating. I'm a big fan of, of the animation on the creatures and their designs. Just creepy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. This thing's like very much like a typical spider and being someone who hates spiders. Yeah. This thing's terrifying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't, I, I, I'm not excited to go to this theme park and see the creatures like the creatures are, it's exciting to catalog them, but I do not want to be chased by them. Like, (laughs) I think it'd be really immersive um, as a, as like a theme park experience, you could have all kinds of attractions where you have to outrun this creature or figuring out a way of attacking it. Um, But yeah, by the way, Joe, what, what like ways of defending ourselves would, would our park guests have in here? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Cause yeah, we don't want to like, we need, they do need to have a way to defend themselves. So I don't know if we have to like, I kind of see it more as like, like less of them being attacked and more of just having to solve puzzles to get around it. Kind of again, like escape room type thing. Um, but I'm not sure if like we want to give them like weapons. We did talk about having an offensive person in the
0: party. So yeah. And in, in the show, it's, it's not a typical, um, exploration party right it's just Rico and Reg and Reg is that mechanical boy that that she found and he he has like grappling hook arms well not grappling hooks but he can launch his forearms and hands out and uh he can also shoot he has this big like incinerator cannon he can launch out of his hand kind of like an Iron Man Mega Man type thing Uh, he just has some kind of cool offensive abilities he's not very skilled with them but Compared to Rico, he can do a lot as far as offense and defense goes. But I do like the idea of of just kind of having um, areas you can kind of run and hide, almost like hide-and-seek where there's this creepy creature coming after you. That would be really immersive and really terrifying. I mean, hide-and-seek with humans can already get your pulse up a lot, like just hiding and not wanting to be found. But if it's this strange creature and you're in a cave you've never been in before, but you just have to find a nook or a cranny somewhere like that is an experience. <laughs> I think yeah, that sounds strange. really interesting. Yeah. Because there's, there's not a ton you can do to really damage these creatures, right? Like you're not going to just go punch them. Maybe you can, but you'll die. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not in your best interest most of the time. I don't know if we want to have a reg in each party because it's, it's not the typical way of exploring the abyss um it would make it easier what are your thoughts there
1: yeah reg and this hasn't been covered even the uh, anime hasn't even covered as far as like what reg's actual origin is but he's highly specialized like um items so like yeah we probably wouldn't want to give that to everybody it might be like a special thing like you won the lottery yeah. you get this thing for this particular trip down or
0: Yeah. And you could give them like some kind of blaster. I don't, they don't show. I don't think, I don't remember seeing many offensive weapons. I think the creatures are just too powerful to where it's just like run and hide. (laughs) That's your chance to survive.
1: Yeah. There's some other weapons in the universe. Um, Liza um, Rico's mother has a weapon that she uses the blaze reap, I think. And then Bound Boundred I always butcher his name, but the character in the fifth move or in the movie, he has got his own like weapon that he uses. So there are other offensive weapons in the universe.
0: And you could do that too. Um, in previous theme parks like the Dungeons and Dragons theme park, for example, we had a thing where they're kind of there's animatronic monsters, but you can hit them with your foam weapon, and they'll react as if it's a real weapon. So I think we could do something like that where your sword can't actually, you know, chop the leg off of something because it's an animatronic machine. We don't want it to fall apart all the time, but if you hit it, it's like, Oh, it died. If you did enough damage, we can have a way of making it uh, do that. Or they could just be blasters. I love using blasters on amusement sparks because they just, they don't damage the animatronics. It's okay. If you aim it at your sister, you're not going to like hurt anybody. Whereas if you have a foam sword, you're going to get in trouble for smacking your sister with that. So, uh, I think the idea of blasters works really well but it doesn't really fit in with the universe that much so we might have to invent some canon here of like you know maybe we've we finally found this this relic that we've been able to mass produce that is like this little weapon that that fires a projectile that can take down some of the weaker monsters or if you get the monster trapped first then you can take the monster out um, but we do need a way of of like catching food as well too because you can't just carry a ton of cliff bars in your backpack, right? You need to be able to like harvest and gather and hunt as you go through the theme park, which sounds really weird. Now that I say through the theme park, maybe I should have said through the abyss that feels a little more natural. <laughs> oh man. Um, cool. Anything else in layer one?
1: Um, No layer one's briefly mentioned in the anime, but it doesn't get a lot of focus. You see it in the first few episodes, but then they pretty quickly get past it. That's, yeah it's it's kind of considered as you said the layer that there, where there's not as much of a threat compared to some of the lower levels
0: right I think even these kinds of like training areas can be really fun if there's still some randomized content like if you might go in this little nook or cranny and find a random relic that might be really rare it might be common just having those kinds of collectibles can make even more boring areas really fun or having the chance of finding some really crazy creature um, who just came up to layer one, even though they're not supposed to be there. Um, Those kinds of things are always really exhilarating. So uh, ready for layer two? Yep, Yeah. this
1: is another one, really cool design.
0: Yeah, this one just blew my mind when I first saw this. It's the like inverted forest. These trees kind of grow down, um, but it's kind of shows just how whimsical this world is. And you can jump from platform to platform, like this area feels like a video game level. and a, a character like Reg with his like extendable arms is really helpful for getting around here. But maybe we could have a series of zip lines or you could just do a running jump and hope you make it. Um, in the actual theme park, I don't know how you would do this because if you fall, you just keep falling like you pretty much die. So you would lose all your equipment, you would lose your book. Um, so I think you'd want to be really careful here.
1: yeah. Yeah, the zip line idea seems interesting. That would be a good way to kind of simulate what they do in the anime, where they're kind of zipping around on Reg's mechanical arm.
0: Yeah, and we could maybe set our theme park a few years down the road, where maybe things have um, progressed a little, where people have gone in and like drilled mounts where they can have zip lines and made things a little safer. Yeah, um, and having areas that are you know ADA compliant, so you could still bring a wheelchair through or whatever, would be kind of cool. Um, having like a safer option. And then if you want to be risky, you can go do the crazy jumping around uh, path if you choose that. Just hand off all of your valuable stuff to another party member who's going a safe way. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I don't think we'll spend a ton of time on each of these layers, but Mm. um, it is really cool to showcase some of our favorite creatures and, and layers as we go.
1: I would say one thing with this level is we do want to probably have some type of encounter with Ozen, who's like one of the main characters that you meet in the Abyss. Yes. So
0: and she could do a, some really elaborate uh, training stuff. Mm-hmm. She's pretty hardcore. She's a White Whistle, isn't she?
1: Either a White Whistle or Black Whistle. I haven't gotten <laughs> back black. to that part since I rewatched it.
0: Yeah, but she's she's advanced. She's uh, pretty serious, and she could yeah, definitely yeah. teach you some things about surviving the Abyss.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's her kind of main purpose in the show ends up being to kind of train rika rika and reg so yeah, they want to go to like level
0: cool. three yeah i'm ready for level three i mean i'm scared but <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> i love stuff like this just the little visual like what is that where did that come from is that a pirate ship was there water in the abyss <laughs> at one point finding these kind of archae archeological things, I think would be such a cool motivator for me personally as a part guest of like, I just wanna like take, draw a little sketch of these crazy things and then go back to the surface and tell someone about it. You know, Maybe our artifacts can be stored in a museum or we can kind of unlock something collaboratively as, as art, more artifacts are found and brought to the surface safely, um, they can be archived somewhere. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, the that's... third layer is the great fault and it goes up to 7,000 meters below the surface.
1: Yeah, and this one seems more like a spelunking type thing where it's, you do have to go through some very narrow and tight spaces to kind of navigate it, so that could be part of the challenge of the amusement park.
0: Right, it's almost like a maze that kind of goes uh, horizontally and vertically. It's like a three-dimensional maze, like a play place at uh, you know, Chuck E. Cheese's or something, uh, but maybe a lot scarier, and there's monsters in there. <laughs>
1: to jump down to four i know we got five minutes oh yeah
0: so there are seven layers altogether right that have that are known to exist but no one knows basically anything about layer seven like the further down you go the less anyone has ever survived there's
1: just some great artwork in this show
0: yeah yeah it definitely is worth worth at least looking at some screenshots from the series um, just to see the beauty it would be so fascinating and such a cool reward just to be able to see this stuff in in real life and there's different characters that they meet in the series um where we might want to add more characters or have different buildings um so maybe you can meet the characters from the show but you don't have to you can go your own path or maybe there's um just more more options i think for park guests to be able to build their own story instead of just following enrico and reg's footsteps
1: yeah and i would definitely say like like Nana, she's one of my favorite characters in a show and meeting her would be like an amazing experience. You can also meet Mitty and deal with the tragedy that revolves around Mitty, but yeah.
0: There's some interesting stuff with the curse that happens to humans. Um, We don't want to go into any spoilers, but there's some really interesting fates that your character could end up with if you make it to some of these lower levels.
1: And let's jump down to, I think I got one for five and that's the last one for the ones that are covered in the anime and again this is right.
0: only covered in
1: the movie not in the. we anime. only
0: have photographic evidence of up to layer five
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: nothing uh, in the works
1: yet for six or seven
0: right so this is the fifth layer we're looking at yeah yeah which is called the sea of corpses that's a, a fun place you want to take your family to right uh yeah. and it goes up to thirteen thousand meters below the surface so we're really in it by now if anyone ha- can make it this far um uh, it'd be kind of fun as as the theme park being constructed, we can just dig a little further each time because there's going to be a limit where you just can't get through there because creatures kill you. There's like natural roadblocks or areas like this part's closed for construction. So let's just turn up the intensity on the monsters. No one will ever make it down here anyway.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: So there's a lot of characters that are so cool in the series. Um, I don't know if we have time to go through all of them, but Mm -hmm. who's that guy, Joe? That's
1: Bonjrood. He's the main... Antagonist in the movie,
0: yeah, I think and he is
1: he is shown in the TV series too, I believe
0: it seems like they're setting him up to be involved in season two, I think, which hasn't been they don't have a date for yet, but um, there's so many cool character designs i It's a really fascinating series if you haven't seen it, but um, yeah, and there's so much more to go into on a, a typical episode of Amusement Sparks, it's an hour and a half or less, but a little longer than the fifty minutes we have here. But um, yeah, we always just kind of, it's like this. We're casually brainstorming, conversationally going through what it would be like to have a a theme park based on some of our favorite properties. Brave World Anime, this is Joe's group that does panels at anime conventions. Can you tell us a little more about Brave World Anime?
1: Yeah, yeah. Eventually we'll be hopefully going back to in-person conventions, but do need to get more into the virtual conventions. Um, Been presenting panels now for five to seven years mostly in like the ohio area midwest where i'm that's where i'm based out of but yeah so this is my first time doing a panel a, at a florida convention so i can mark that one off
0: it's good to be here i am loving the weather that's for sure <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah you can see their social media there it's at brave world anime on each of those which is good get that's pretty cool um yep. yeah and then I host Amusement Sparks, the theme park design show. It's an all ages podcast. I have some episodes on YouTube, but they're pretty old. I don't know. It's mostly an audio format, but social media, um, you can find us in your favorite podcast app, Spotify, Amazon Music, all of that kind of stuff. but yeah, we're nerdy, but not dirty. There's no, no bad words, no potty language. You can share this with your little nieces and nephews, um, although it is very nerdy. So they, if they're not into the topic, they probably won't like that episode. <laughs> but Joe, thank you so much for being my guest. Joe and I have done two episodes before this. We did one based on Kyoto Animation and uh, Card Capture Sakura. So if you're into those, check out AmusementSparks.com or look us up in your podcast app. Thank you so much WasabiCon for having us. This has been a blast. Uh, it's a little weird, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more condensed, but it's it's cool. It gives me the same experience as presenting at a panel, which I really absolutely love to do. So yeah, thanks for having us. Enjoy the rest of the convention.